What is up, everybody? This is Patrick C. Huerta. I want to thank you for checking out another episode of the Babacoa Core podcast. You can now listen to the podcast not only on SoundCloud, but now you can download this episode and previous episodes on iTunes. Do me a favor, leave an iTunes review. Five stars will help me out quite a bit. Um, if you leave a nice review, I will try to give you a shout out or thanks on the next episode. Uh, it is very much appreciated. Follow me on Twitter and or Instagram at RealPCHuerta or hit me up on my email, babacoacore at yahoo.com. Uh, send any questions, suggestions, um, or if you yourself want to come on the podcast, uh, hit me up and uh, we'll schedule that. We'll set that up, sit down, talk some shit. Uh, just want to give shout outs to CBDB. Uh, for all your CBD needs, salves, topicals, uh, pet care, edibles, oils, wax, etc., uh, hit up mycbdb.com and follow CBDB on Instagram at mycbdb. Uh, I want to give another shout out to Uglyhead. Music used on these episodes is provided by Uglyhead. Uh, you can check them out at www.uglyhead.org. Shout out to Jake of Head for letting me use his music as the intros and outros of, of all these episodes. So, uh, yeah, I had to, I got the chance to sit down with uh, a stand-up comedian out of Houston, Texas, Mr. Uh, Zahid Devji. Uh, we had to reschedule. Uh, we had to uh, set up different times. Uh, but we finally got a chance to sit down. And uh, I usually like to keep these episodes short, like 30 minutes. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, we sat down, we started rolling, and the time just flew by. Uh, we had to stop suddenly because uh, he had he had a show to go do. He's doing his last show uh, in San Antonio tonight over at the Improv at River Center, uh, so he he had to head out. So, but I told him, you know, next time he's in town, we'll sit down, we'll catch up. Uh, or next time I'm in Houston, we'll we'll try to do the same, uh, sit down, catch up on the podcast. And uh, find out what's going on with him. Uh, very funny guy. This was a very fun interview. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I want to thank everybody for uh, for listening to these podcasts. Uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, here is the interview with uh, Zahib Debji. And I'll put all this information in the show notes, how to get a hold of him, how to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. And uh, here we go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Baba Core Core Podcast. Uh, today, I'm sitting with a stand-up comedian out of Houston, Texas, Mr. Zahid Debji. Welcome, man. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. We had to reschedule. That's fine. I'll work around your schedule and stuff, but we're finally doing it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's great, man. Uh, Thanks so you, for having me. Yeah, no problem. So you're, you're in San Antonio. You're doing uh, some feature work. Uh, doing a feature set down at the Improv at River Center, right? How's yeah, that going yeah. for you? It's going, it's going really, really fun. Um, it's my second time uh, at River Center. 
and uh, it's been it's been really really a blast. The headliner, his name is Richie Minervini, and he he's written for a bunch of Adam Sandler movies, and he's been like Grown Ups and a lot of those movies. And what's crazy is I'm wearing this sweatshirt right now. It says it's like a sweatshirt. It says Wildcats. It's got a Wildcat above it, and everybody. People are just dumb, and every time I wear it, someone always comes up to me and goes, "Ah, Wildcats." Just says something <laughs> like, you know, just I'm like, "Yep, that's the, that's what it says." Yeah, you just, can read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just like let it go. And I was wearing it, and I was in the green room. And it was like the second day, and Richie's like, uh, kind of like, uh, he could be on like any episode of like Sopranos. He's like this, you know, Italian, Saturday, oh yeah, you know, like, an older dude, and he came in, and he was like, "Wildcats," and I was like, "Yep," <laughs> and he goes, "Man, that reminds me of my." Uh, high school uh wrestling team and i was like oh snap this is my brother's high school wrestling like a uh, sweatshirt from when we were in high school oh my yeah brother's a bigger dude and um he was like yeah for me it was the walt whitman wildcats and i was like get the fuck out of here I was like this is the walt whitman wildcats and it turns out that both of us grew up in the same town in long island <laughs> wow you didn't know that before no <laughs> oh wow i just so happened to be wearing the sweatshirt and we were both uh we both went to the same elementary school, uh-huh. and Richie's like an older dude. He's got a daughter, you know. He's like six, maybe sixty, maybe more. I'm not sure, but it was just weird, man. Grew up in Huntington, Long Island, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm from New York and born in Queens, but moved to Long Island later on, and it was just like blew my mind. And we both took a picture later, and we we're like, we're like, Walt Whitman Wildcats, and I told him I lived behind the mall and in Huntington, like the street. And he's like, I know that street, and this is it was just so surreal that both of us. He lives in Florida now, yeah. I live in Houston. Yeah, we're doing a sets in San Antonio. Yeah, and we both come from not the only, same fucking not area. only the same city, not even the same island, the same yeah. town in that island. It was like it was so ridiculous. Oh yeah. So it was just one of those things where we're like, what the fuck? How how early uh, did y'all realize that? The second day. The second day. Because it was like Thursday, I think, that it got a little bit, it got cold again, and I just wore a sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was like surreal. That's fucking crazy, And I was crazy, telling my, my, uh, my buddy about it. Uh, He's playing a show in Austin. I went after the show, and he was like, that's nuts, you know? I was like, yeah. yes. Just the odds of that are, like, impossible. Yeah. So, so go, cool. go Wildcats, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you're living in Houston now. How long have you been in Houston? Um, we moved to Houston after Long Island. I grew up in Queens, and then we moved to Long Island. Uh, my parents are immigrants from tanzania which is like east africa so i'm like indian but african mm. and then we moved to long island and i moved from long island to houston in 99 right before uh, seventh grade and then i went to college in new york again and then i came back in 2010 and then i fell into stand-up by accident one night oh yeah when did you start when what year did you get to start uh maybe when i was 26 about four years ago i'm 30 years old now mm-hmm. it was one night um it's crazy, like how stand up now, you know, between like Netflix and and every and just the boom that's kind of happening. It's like a fake boom because it's like an online boom almost, you know, yeah, like yeah. where everyone's getting specials and it almost doesn't mean anything now, but it does mean something. Like it's cool when you get it, but every you know, there's new content coming yeah. out all the time. So I started four years ago in Houston when they're when I, the list. My my, it, it's so wacky again. Like when I think about like the odds of how things happen because i have my degrees in music education oh yeah yeah so um i was like teaching guitar and piano at the time and a friend that i met in austin when i was telling him this this uh sweatshirt story that uh is boring (laughs) he um he introduced me to another one of our friends had a friend who was doing open mic comedy one day we just all went and got coffee Uh and my brother was in town like a week later and we went out and just hung out in downtown houston and he's like oh you know i want to go see some comedy do anybody i was like 
funnily enough, like I do know somebody that just went to this little place called Hans, which uh, at the time was like really like one of the hot spots of comedy. There really wasn't much happening. Mm -hmm. And I think the list must have been like 15 people. Now it's like 40, 50 plus when you go to any, any mic. Yeah. And um, I went to go see him and they ended. It, it was a bar like this. It was like a living room bar. It's like the size of this place. Mm -hmm. And uh, the list like ended at like 15. So at the end, they, did, they do like late night story time. So I just went up and told a story. Yeah. It went all right. I left my, told my brother when I left, I was like, I think I'm going to go do that again. Yeah. And then for a month, I would go to like every open mic just to watch. Like I wouldn't even go up, just to go watch. And then finally, like went up and did it and bombed so badly. <laughs> that was four years ago. And now it's like, now you're in San Antonio, like featuring at River, you know, and here's, it's like the whole life just took like a left turn. Yeah. That seems pretty fast. Four years already doing feature work and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, Houston's a tough place for comedy or was a tough place for comedy. And it kind of creates like a, almost like an aggressive, like I, I like, I like it there cause it's comics are meaner and rougher around the edges or were when I started and it kind of helps build like a thick skin, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's kind of, that kind of helped out getting better, faster, yeah. working on, there's a lot, I mean, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of comics back then, mm. you know, and I, I was asking Abby Benes, who's a friend of mine, who's a comic here, mm. that helps run the Blind Tiger Comedy Club, which is at the bottom of uh, Magic Time Machine, yeah, yeah. and I was asking her last night, like, how many comics do you think, you know, you guys have here that are consistent, she was like, man, it must be like 15, 20, that, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's what Houston was like four years ago, and when that happens, it was a close-knit circle, you know, you kind of call out a lot of, you're, you're meaner and rougher. You call out bullshit. You're like, don't do that. You know, don't, you know, okay. I'll just get made fun of so badly for the first year. Like I got shit on so hard. Yeah. And, uh, it, it helps make you better, you know, yeah. after a while, but it sucks during that time. Cause you're like, damn, are you good at that now? Like dealing with, with hecklers and shit, shit talkers. Oh, I'm not even talking about hecklers. I'm talking about other comics. Oh, I'm like, literally talking about like other comics were mean. Oh, like, they shit. were like, okay. This guy stinks, you know, like, he, yeah, they're just, they're just, and all that. And then you, you, you know, you, you don't have a choice but to catch up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know I mean? But then when the scene like right now, which is, it gets bigger and then it's kind of like high school or like any school or like a newer class kind of yeah. comes up every year, two years, you know, there's like a new wave of comics and then they have their, their way of doing, but then you see all the, the same pitfalls you went through and oh, okay. they will see that in a couple of years. So the new people that come in and, it's just kind of this level up that happens every two years with wherever, whoever you started with and, you know, yeah. and then eventually you guys calling up all fall into the same rhythm. Do you find yourself doing that now? Like for new comics, do you find them like it's your turn to give people shit? No, what it is now is because we got to remember like, again, because of the rise of stand up, so many people are, so I feel like so many people feel like they can just do it. Yeah. They, Cause they've seen it now so much more so they'll sign up and that's why those those open mic lists are getting so much longer oh okay yeah and so now there's so many every city is going through this like every city has more people signing up and more people doing it because they see that now and even four years ago I mean it just wasn't I remember having Netflix and not the content was coming but it wasn't coming at the I mean think about like NBC started CISO like two years ago which then fell apart and that was just a app just for comedy yeah it fell apart but Somebody, I mean, a couple of comics when I started like would do this and they wouldn't give you the time of day when you first start because they're like, yeah, in six months, you're, the newness is going to wear off mm. in this hobby that it, that it is for some people or a lot of the times it's like a, 
um, a social thing mm-hmm. like where they're coming out because they find the intrinsic social circle of what comedy is. Mm. And so everybody has different reasons for doing it or what they think it is. Yeah. And so comics don't really like for the first six months, maybe even a year, don't really pay attention to someone that's new because it's like, I'm not going to waste my time on you because you might leave yeah. and then it's just not worth it. So you almost have to like haze yourself into like, no, I'm here and I'm here to stay and I'm working on things. Yeah. And so with newer comics, I don't necessarily, it's not necessarily anything like they're, I'll say hi and I'll try to, I think I'll try to be a human being first. You want to mm. be polite. You don't mm-hmm. want to be like, you know, rude. But in terms of like, they're like, oh, did you watch my set? I'm like, no, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not watching your set. Yeah. I don't care about your set. So. But, but then when there are newer comics that then have stayed past the year and are doing great and stuff and you're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is dope and this is cool. I like what you're doing. Yeah. And then I have in my head and some of us have in our heads, the people that, that we love that are newer when i say newer like two years you know but mm. year two in there they're doing great yeah you know? there's a guy grady pruitt who i who i we love but he just won funniest in texas not even south texas but funniest in texas oh yeah is and that the, like, is that part of that competition or is that a whole it's a, separate, it's a separate it's a separate competition but it's it's, it's bigger it's more cities it's oh, okay slightly larger and uh he just won it after like and he'd been doing it for like a year and a half oh really yeah brand you know what i mean brand and new so to it. yeah so but when you see someone that's like really Rocking. There's a bunch of Houston guys that I guess would be on that upper wave. Trey Tutson, Nick Palermo, Grady Pruitt. Um, it's a bunch of those. And they're they're so funny. Yeah. Just really, really funny guys. That's so. cool, man. So out of Houston, do you, do you stay pretty busy in Houston or do you like to go out and do road shows and stuff? Um, I stay busy in Houston, but I think every comic in the city that they live in stays busy. That's why it's really important that people go out and... Um, go see what their local scene is doing mm. because like we said outside when we were talking that it all kind of does start somewhere yeah. and the people that one day might become you know a household name mm. might have started in your city and you know you can go out and see them um i say busy in houston because there's a new club that opened up in houston called the secret group and i say new but it's really like we're all this these secret group comics that um and it started about I think we're two and a half years now, thir- three-year anniversary of this club will be in October. Mm-hmm. I work there in the daytime, and there's a major festival that we run called Come and Take It Comedy Festival, which oh, is... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's in uh, February. Um, it's huge, big headliners. It's like a two, three-day festival. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from all over the country come in. And uh, we stay busy there in terms of like the weekly shows and the monthly shows that I run there yeah. and the shows that I help produce there. Um excuse me but um you always do want to go out and try to find as much road work and stuff that you can yeah especially clubs that you want to get into because it's it's a lot of factors you know it's the better you get the more you know getting into clubs is a hard thing even and you're kind of getting them into a one at a time Mm -hmm. and each time it kind of builds some credibility like they're like oh you can handle like a real professional not just like a fucking bar show or a basement show or something but you're you can really and then there's money involved which is always nice you know comics don't really get paid shit to do a lot of the if, if anything a lot mm-hmm. of these times um i get a free drink or you know something like that or five bucks but you got to do a club you're like oh cool you know i'm making it's, it's a it's a cool paycheck yeah and so yeah you want to do all those things so it's a it's a balance of both you know you're handling the stuff that you're doing in your local scene as much as you can yeah you're trying to get on the road as much as you can too 
That's cool, man. So, uh, so yeah, I was telling you outside. Um, you know, I saw you. I saw you this past Wednesday at the open mic that they have here at, at the Brick at Blue Star. Yeah, I think it's called Brick by Brick. I think. Yeah. Called- Shout out to uh, John Tuttle. Yeah, Mr. John Tuttle. I've, I had him on here before. We talked about the open mic uh, a little bit and stuff. Yeah. So I was telling you that you know I, I saw your name get called up and I was like, oh, I'm, I mean, I heard your name get called up. I was like, that name sounds very familiar <laughs> and then you started you started your set and i immediately knew i've i've seen this guy before <laughs> i've heard this guy before i've seen yeah. this guy before but i could not for the life of me you know figure it out so it wasn't until my walk home we left and it was my walk home that i realized oh shit i heard this guy on kill tony right kill tony was uh recently in, in houston yeah 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 uh for the listeners i guess who don't know kill tony it's it's a it's a podcast uh, recorded in the uh, the comedy store in L.A. and uh, what it is is comedians go they fill out their you know their names their names get in a bucket uh, the, they pull out the name for the bucket and the comedians go up get to go up and they perform a minute a minute and then they get to you know interview or get critiqued or whatever uh, so you were lucky enough to you said it was your second time too right yeah they they did the show at the Secret Group which yeah. is that venue that I was talking about it's a massive it's a huge place yeah it's like a three three room place and the showroom is like 250 cap and it's a huge place so oh wow it was um a lot of people were like oh it's because you work here i was like no you just just toss it It was just it was sheer just like numbers yeah yeah um yeah it's cool man one minute is a tough thing but like we were talking about i think in my act i i I always write twitter is great for it writing one-liners and working those out and then you do longer jokes and longer bits, but one minute goes by so quick that there's people that write just super long things or don't know how fast it goes. We'll start something, can't finish it, or you know, won't even put their names in because they can't. Yeah, they can't do a minute because it's their thing is too long and they don't write like that. But it was one of those. I think I was telling somebody about outside of the open mic. Um, the like part, the interview afterwards, which was the second time, was funny because. Um, I guess I I've because I work at the venue and like last time we were here we all went out together and hung out so oh, okay. I feel like you kind of did know me from last time so mm. they start like trying to roast you and you're like yeah I don't really care oh, okay. <laughs> so like most people kind of get scared about that but for me I was just like yeah I know what I know what this is yeah, yeah I I know what you're you're gonna try to slip you're gonna try to catch me slipping so you can make fun of me but it's you know it's not gonna happen yeah so more than the set I feel more comfortable in in that setting of like. You could try to throw a joke at me, like try to roast me, but it's I'm, yeah. I'm gonna either run with it or I'm gonna make a joke back. But you're not really gonna embarrass me, yeah. Which is what they kind of like. That's what they're there to do. I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah, trying yeah. to make the show funny, you know. Yeah, if, yeah. If, the, if the comedian that gets to go up, you know, if they don't have like a good minute, and a lot of times, like you know, it's, it's hit and miss with those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's the showrunners that it's their turn. I mean, it's their chance to liven up the show totally that's why the fun parts are like seeing someone bomb and i don't think i think on that set i think the first one went really the first one was really good my buddy gabe bravo and i were in the running for because the first time they came around they also had uh the death squad secret show afterwards and the person who kind of had the best set of the night on the first one was gonna host the next show oh yeah and so it was between like gabe and i because mm. we both had like the best sets of the night and that was fun because we just were but we both write and we and gabe also works at the club with me oh, so okay. i see him every day we run fucking dumb jokes by each other all the time like yeah. at the point of 
and that was like a year ago to the, to the point now where our jokes don't even make any sense because we're just next to each other all the time yeah. so they're just borderline like inside dumb yeah and then he got it but that was fun and this one i don't this one i think he even asked me he was like how did you think that one i was like ah, i just went okay i don't think it was great i don't think it was bad and went good and he was like okay and then we went to the interview and uh that was you know that was fine just one of those things where you're like yeah I, you know i get what you're gonna try to do and it's not gonna phase me yeah <laughs> and then i think even in the middle of it he was trying and realizing like oh it's and that's because we also like had gone out and even that night we went out afterwards oh okay yeah. it was fun but what was crazy and this is like one of my favorite moments in comedy what's nuts is so like i'm indian uh like i guess ethnicity wise you know i'm i'm south asian and um but my family, my whole family is from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, which is in East Africa. Mm-hmm. And so they moved to Queens in like 71. And this is like from generations back prior to like the India-Pakistan split. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole sect of, uh, of East Africa that is like Desir Koja, which is like Indian people in Africa, which is kind of like I would compare it to like if you're Canadian, but you're, oh, sorry, if you're French, but you're from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Like, you're technically Canadian, yeah. but you're French. Yeah. And so it's like we're technically African, but we're Indian. But this dude on uh, Twitter, I was trying to find his name on this. I won't be able to find it. Um, hit me up because he is from Dar es Salaam mm-hmm. in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Listens to Kill Tony. Oh, wow. Loves comedy. And he was just like, he just messaged me on Twitter and he was like, uh, Zach Esmile at Who's Zach? And he had hit me up and, you know, he's an Indian guy in East Africa. He's like, I heard your set on Kill Tony. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like when someone hears your set from halfway across the world. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, right? And it happens to be from where your whole family's from. Yeah. That was like, that was such a cool moment. It made me so happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Because they don't have comedy there. Oh, yeah? Not, yeah, there's, I, I asked him. I was like, you know, is there any? He's like, no, you know, because like a lot of people don't speak English here. So he was going to New York. to. He booked a trip to New York just to go watch comedy. Like, wow. That's how much he loved it, but there's nothing there for them, you know? Yeah. So he was all stoked and shit when he heard you on there. Yeah, it was it was cool because then he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to New York in a couple of months and I'm going to check out the comedy cellar and I'm going to check out this show and, you know, all these things. It was just like, yeah. he's a really big comedy fan. He just happens to live in Tanzania which is amazing. And that's cool, man. I mean, so yeah, like, so that, that, that podcast alone goes all over the world. You know, people, I didn't know that all over the world. I know oh, you didn't know that. Like, I mean, I knew I mean, it was, I knew it was popular. It, but, I knew it was popular. Yeah. I don't expect somebody in fucking Africa to hit you up on Twitter via yeah. like, I heard your set. It's never happened or yeah. it happens. Yeah. Regularly. I guess you, you can't really get too much into it. Cause then it will fucking, it'll get to your head. It'll get in your head. You know, like, it's not just this moment. It's it's going everywhere and all that shit. Yeah, I don't even. I try not to think about that. I mean, that's I don't a great think way, that's a great way to do it. You know? Because you're only focused on what's in front of you, you know. And even if it goes bad, what's weird with comedy is like, I think like, it's I will use like a sports analogy of like, if there's any team, let's use the Rockets for example, that would think in their heads that they could win every game, mm-hmm. that would be impossible. Never, mm-hmm. it's so rare that you could have an undefeated season. And at best, an undefeated season would just mean a string of time where you won every single game. Yeah. So there's no comic that's going to, in their head, I think in, in their heads of comedians, mm-hmm. they think they're going to win every single set. Like yeah. Every, and it's not. You're going to, if you have a 60% record, 70% record of like 
you know, you did well in those sets and then 30 to percent, mm-hmm. you know, you ate shit, you bombed and didn't get it. You didn't, you didn't do well. You didn't connect with them, whatever. Yeah. It happens. So even if a set goes bad now, it's just like in your head, you're like, damn it. Fuck. You know, but it's not like that's, that's not going to happen. It's just going to happen. Yeah. You know, cause that's the way it goes. You yeah. can't win every single set. So even if a set goes bad, regardless of who's listening to it, you're just like, yeah, I just chalk it up to a bad set. And how long did it take you to get that mindset? Like, did you, once you started like bombing or whatever, you're like, you know, you had to convince yourself, it's not all going to be good. You know, there's some going to be some shitty sets. It's different because like, I mean, there's people that have been doing it for so much longer. I'm like four years in and people that are even six, eight, 10, 15, 20 years. I think it comes down to like the type of skill set that you're working on and you're working on just having this conversation with another comedian recently but like the shows that i specifically like a show that i run on tuesdays at the club called trash flavor trash it's like a two dollar the show is free and we like pour jack daniels in people's mouths like a bottle of it we have up there and it's two dollar wells that night so everyone kind of goes there uh to drink for cheap and then we give out free shots and stuff to them so it becomes kind of a drunken kind of mess and me and my buddy Andrew Youngblood, who is a co-owner of that place and a comedian as well, and a really funny guy, he's one of my uh, closest friends, mm-hmm. and we host it, and we go up there, we we go up there together and do 15 minutes, and we all riff, like there's no there's no material. We do sets later on, but the first 15 minutes is us talking, mm-hmm. and we're doing the show for almost a year now, and over the course of that year, I've learned so much about comedy about having to just lean into instincts and just talking because mm-hmm. you don't have your plan. And I've learned more from that show than I've learned in any, at any open mic because the skill set that I was working on was different mm-hmm. than going up there and doing a five-minute. Literally every Tuesday you're going up there and talking off the top of your head for 15 minutes. Yeah. And you have to try to make it go well each time, obviously. you know. So what's crazy is that once I started doing that, sets that didn't go so well actually that that number started going that percentage started going down because even when things were going poorly i could still audible out of it by leaning into just what's essentially called like riffing which yeah. is off the top of your head or you know trying to figure out what's going on and and not being so scared to converse or talk mm-hmm. uh rather than just relying on just your material all the time which is good to do but if you see that you something's up and it's not working you, you got to run you got to run that audible mm-hmm. and that I guess maybe that percentage has gone down. Now, I still bomb, but yeah. it it allows me a different mindset after doing that show. Yeah. So explain that. Like, how do people get shots? You just randomly pour shots into people. Well, we mouths? tell them at the beginning of the show. Or is that a contest as well? Or something? No, no. We, we tell them at the beginning of the show. Like, you know, we get free shots out to the people that sit in the front row and help bring them up to the front. And then, because there's two mics, I'll usually go around and pour the shot. We have a you know the, the bartending serving tip. That's yeah. about, yeah. And I'll pour them right into people's mouths in the front row, and Andrew will talk, and sometimes I'll make fun of him, and he'll talk, you know, he'll keep it going while I pour, you know, and sometimes it's, I mean, a lot of the times it's great. Occasionally, like last week, you'll just find an audience that is just the fucking worst. Do this for all 15 minutes, they were just looking at us like they didn't want to be there. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, to the point where we got off, and I remember he was just like, he's like, that wasn't our best one. And I was like, in this case, I kind of think it's them. and a lot of comics frown upon that, like, don't blame the audience. It's like, well, sometimes you can. 
Yeah, I mean, they know what the show is. They I feel know like, I, yeah, but I also feel like I've, if I don't do it long enough times, I can tell sometimes when it is an audience. And the way yeah. that you can tell is if, like, three comics went up after I left and all three comics were just not doing good. Oh, yeah. And then he looked at me and was like, all right, maybe it's them. And you could, it was like pin drop silence for, like, us and then three comics afterwards. And uh-huh. I was just like, there's no way that four comics just went up with good material. Yeah. And just, they're all... <laughs> bombing yeah so it's just one of those shitty nights you know it's just a shitty environment the, yeah. the audience sucks. and i went up there i just started yelling i just I, I just i get mad i don't i think it's okay to get mad if it's your show if it's, if okay. it's a show that you're running and you know how to run it you know how you want to run it uh-huh. say you're running however you want if you're in a club environment or you're filling in for a host for somebody or you're doing a set how you do will affect the next person but if mm-hmm. it's my sh- show i'm gonna I'm going to handle it the way I see fit because it's my terrain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I don't want to see an audience member come in. At one, at one point, I think somebody got up in the middle of a comic set and goes, I'm going to need a stronger drink, like out loud so everyone can hear it. Mm. And like I grabbed him outside and was like, hey, man, if you, if, I, if you go back in there and I hear you say another fucking word, like I'm going to make sure you don't you get out of the show. Like, don't do that. Wow. Yeah, like, it's like, don't, don't, don't be rude. Don't be you know, mean that the show's not about you. You came to watch people. Yeah. By saying that, you're kind of making it about you and the funny lines you can intersect. It's much easier to intersect a line than to go up there and talk for five or ten minutes. You know, it's like, it's like a coward move. Well, do, you, do you see that a lot at shows? Like the audience members want to be a part of the show, so they start just talking their own shit, throwing their own shit out there? Not a lot. I mean, it's not a lot, but it, it does happen. Yeah. You know, uh, yesterday at the club... Me and uh, San Antonio comic Josh Cabaza, who's hosting. Yeah. Yeah, funny dude. And uh, you can always watch the host set or the person before you to see how the crowd is you know, going and uh, get a feel for what's, what you're going to walk into. Mm-hmm. And there were just a, I think two or three people in the front that were like laughing, but then commenting on the joke, but like in a positive way. Like, oh, okay. Like, uh, oh, that was funny. I like that. <laughs> that was pretty good yeah. and it's like that's just as distracting yeah it's like at one point like even when I went up there it, I heard it like I heard it like like dominoes like one after the other on three different tables there's a girl that was like that was funny she's like I did like that yeah and she was like explaining the joke to her, like her husband or whatever and I was like I can hear you dang <laughs> <you> just shut up <laughs> yeah that has to throw you off and shit every yeah. now and then uh well, yeah, the funny part was that one, one girl goes, now that was funny. I was like, you don't have to emphasize that. When you say that, just say now that was, like, just say that was funny. But we say now that's what, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Uh, that's funny, man. So you got that, you, you host a one show, the Trash Paper Trash, and you, you also, you host another show called Bad Idea. Yeah, that's a monthly show that uh, I do on the patio. It's the roof, the roof patio of the club. So it's an outdoor show. Yeah. And that's why we called it Bad Idea. Because um, people usually say, like, outdoor comedy is a bad idea. Yeah. And everyone goes, because there's, like, you can hear buses and the horse carriages, like, clopping through. And last one time I did it, and a dude from the parking lot next door just goes, you suck, from, like, a hundred <laughs> feet away. And I was like, I was like, I know. And he was like, I'm just kidding. I love you. And from, like, literally, like, two parking lots down, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good, man. I'm really, I'm really proud of that show. And... And I, in a humble way, you know, I, I put a lot of work into it. And when I started, there was a lot of comics that were like, this is not, the show's. It's a fucking bad idea. Yeah, they would say that. They're like, you know, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. And uh, we got free, we get a sponsor from this, uh, our food sponsor, Pie Pizza from, it's like a 
pizzeria in Houston that started off as a food truck and mm-hmm. they got a brick and mortar and they have like amazing pizza mm-hmm. by pizza in Houston, which is like an incredible pizzeria. And so they give us free pizza and we make the show pay what you can or free, you know, so audiences donate and it just like fits like 60, 60, 65 people up there mm-hmm. and it packs out every month. And then we get comics from like all over. I always, I always try to do like maybe like a couple of Houston, a couple of San Antonio, mm-hmm. a couple of Dallas, a couple of Austin. And so it's never, I don't think I've repeated a comic in the year and sh- 13, 14 shows now, I think we yeah. repeated one comic. I think Joshua went up there, right? Joshua Kabbat. He just did it. He just did it last uh, last month. Yeah, yeah. He killed. He was he fucking. He did so great. Yeah, that guy. That guy is funny, man. He was one of the. He was actually the first guest that I had on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's he, just too bad he's so ugly. But you know, <laughs> you can't you can't pick your face. Yeah. Well, that's why he has a beard. I know it covers it up. You gotta grow a beard if you don't have. I told the face. him this. I told him this all week, man. I was like, you gotta. You gotta change your face. Yeah, you're, you're fucking. You're hideous. <laughs> you wouldn't. You know, he doesn't listen. Yeah. What are you gonna do? That's why I can't grow a beard because I'm fucking beautiful <laughs> as fuck. There you go. You know, I have a little dirt here and there, but yeah, yeah. I'm just too beautiful to cover up, man. <laughs> that's why. That's what I said. When I, that's what I thought when I first saw you. Right. That's a beautiful man right there. <laughs> I, it was weird that it was the first thing that you said, but it's cool, man. Well, I, mean, I, I I expected it. You know. To be fair, I was also hard as a rock, so it worked out. I have that effect. I told too. that to a to, to a when I met John Tuttle, the dude who runs the Brick. Yeah. I met him. He came in the last show. The last time I was featuring, which was the first time I was featuring, he came to the last show, and I was just talking to him, and he was a funny dude just talking to him, and I was like, man, it, it's really irritating to me that you're young, and you're like a good-looking kid, and you're funny. I was like, ugh, what a piece of shit. <laughs> just you goddamn asshole. But, um, but yeah, Bad Ideas, it's really cool, and um, I really, that's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for that show, because even like setting up, bringing everything upstairs, and then getting the pizza then working door and as soon as everyone's in hosting the show and yeah. as soon as I want everyone's out paying people from the donations breaking the show down it's literally like so much work yeah. for fucking nothing and so it's such a passion project and now it's funny like when you start a show and people will just be like yeah that you know that show it's, it's not gonna work out well and then later on I'll be like hey when can I do that oh yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, once it's successful people are like can I do that and right I'm like, like, I remember at one point I put somebody on who was running a, another show at the same time. And that comic didn't really take the show too seriously. Mm-hmm. And then like hit me up later and was like, Hey, uh, a couple months later being like, Hey, I'd love to do that to do your show. And I was like, you already did it. You forgot. And they were like, Oh yeah, I did. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and when you did it, you really didn't take it. Like yeah. it was important. Yeah. And now you're hitting me up and you can tell you didn't take it. You didn't consider it important. Cause you fucking forgot that you did the show. Yeah. Like it's such, but now that you found out that it was going well, you're like, can I do it? I'm like, you already, you know, it would have been great if you treated if you were enthusiastic it, about, about it before. the first time, yeah. you know, and it's just like, well, I'll, I have a list of people that I'm working through. Yeah, and I'll, I'll see what I can it. do. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, I think it's so crazy. Like with booking too, like with comedy, everything's not going to be your cup of tea. Everyone's not going to love my set um, or what I do. And, and that's fine. You're not going to win everybody over all time. And eventually you stop giving a shit. I mean, you still care in the back of your mind, but you, you can't let it like really get to you because you're trying to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But what's weird is like with booking a show, I think what makes booking a show successful is you don't want to book based off of only the stuff that you like. I try to book, when I put that show together, I try to put stylistically five to six different people that are different. Mm-hmm. So when you come watch the show, you're not just getting 
the, the same, same over crap and over again. Yeah. because that's and i think that that's been a part of the reason why it's been successful is that not only will you see comics from other cities in texas that you wouldn't get to see in one show let alone you know an outdoor show which has got a cool ambiance yeah because the patio of the club is really really nice looking and it has like a 360 almost like a 360 view mm-hmm. um but also like yeah you might hopefully throughout that show you'll find a couple comics that work for you because everybody can kind of have something that works for them mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same you know single paint pink uh brush stroke across the thing like yep it was six of those guys yeah and that's kind of happens in every scene because uh, audiences get familiar with the comics that they know and they're seeing because they've seen them so many times in local and they're like yeah i know what this guy does i know what this guy does so you know what i mean yeah. you want to make it too homogenous i guess yeah so that's cool man uh what else you got planned like any uh anything big special you're working on right now um no i was working on we taped some of the bad idea footage Last May, which I finally got my hands on about a couple months ago that I'm working on editing. Mm-hmm. And we went to like different, different venue, uh, different random, not even event, like we did it like stand up in a bus and like, so the footage is like, I'm trying to chop it up between like footage of the show and then footage of these random places that we did it in mm-hmm. and then try to make like a little, maybe like a small pilot out of it to see if anybody was interested. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then in next month i'm doing a dc comedy festival in washington dc oh wow have you been up there before um yeah i've been up when i was like little i had when i was like 10 i had gone up there but i'm excited because i'm also gonna make like a my brother lives in new york and a lot of my friends are from new york from mm. um college and my brother lives up there with his wife so i thought it was much easier just to go into new york do a couple of shows my brother and i gonna bus it to dc mm-hmm. to go do a couple of shows there and then bust it back, do a couple more shows in New York. Just make like a week kind of trip out of it, you know? Oh, that'd be good. And my buddy Andrew, who co-hosts that uh, trash show with me, is also going to be at the same time. So it'll just kind of like a fun week. Yeah. Uh, other than that, just got, you know, just uh, working on getting uh, more rejections from comedy festivals. It's a big passion <laughs> project of mine. I like to put anywhere from 20 to $45 to a festival. Yeah. Put in my best tape. And then wait a couple months until they tell me that I didn't make it. Now, how do, how do they tell you? Do they email you or do they send you a, a mail, like something in the mail? Yeah, yeah, they email you. And you can tell in, like, the first, in the first sentence, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it was so funny, man. There's a, there's a big festival that I just got rejected from, and uh, my buddy just got into it. And I love that with comments, they just shove it in your face. Like, oh, yeah, what happened? Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't, you didn't get in? Oh, okay, cool, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that, oh, that's right. I, I was the one that got in. You're the one that didn't get in. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah, yeah. And they sent me... Uh, they sent me, it made me laugh so hard. They sent, you know how they do like uh, the templates where it'll be like, hello. And it's like, you're supposed to be your name, but it said like bracket, hello, your name <laughs> and the bracket. And I couldn't tell if they were just fucking, <laughs> fucking with people. And as soon as I saw that, I just was like, I don't even have to read the rest of this email. Yeah. There's no acceptance letter that starts with hello, your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he showed me his email and it had his full name on it. And we just started laughing. And I was like, that's how I knew. Yeah. <laughs> so... But uh, fest- festivals are, are strange now, you know, because even music festivals, you know, because yeah. they're, they're popping up a dime a dozen now. They're sat- the market's so saturated with festivals. And sometimes it's crazy. Like uh, you get festivals to build credits to go um, do 
it provides you some credibility, you know, mm-hmm. at some festivals or even if the credit is there, they could be up for a year or two and then the festival's over. They never do it again because they lost money. They don't know how to run it. Yeah. And so some festivals are crap. Some festivals are fantastic. They really range all across the board, but you never go, never know until you just go and do them or apply to them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just this weird thing where it's almost like some comics I feel like are not even trying to apply to them anymore because they don't, they don't feel like it's worth you know, you're gonna have to pay your way and mm-hmm. maybe get a couple of showcases. Really, what you want in a festival is some industry to be there. It's hopefully something positive. Something else comes out. Yeah, out even of if it. it's yeah. a club associated with that festival, so you might even get a club date out of it. Yeah. Like I did Cleveland Comedy Fest, which was cool, and I I advanced to the finals in that festival, and then I got I was awesome because I got chosen to do the best of the fest showcase at the club in that town in mm-hmm. Cleveland. And then I hit up the person, the club manager, to be like, hey, I got, I was a finalist on the festival and I got chosen to do the best of the fest showcase. Mm-hmm. And then everyone hit me back. And I'm just like, yo, y'all asked me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can get a date out of this now, like a yeah. booking out of it. But, you know, most comics don't know, like, we're just in the dark about so much stuff. Yeah. You're just like throwing darts and then hoping that. You still got to try. One, I know. That's you, try. I'm saying you're just hoping that, like, I'm trying. Yeah, even still, you're like, you'll follow up and they might not respond. You're just hoping, you're just throwing darts, hoping one sticks to the board. Yeah. And that's what it, you know, the trying part, it's like, it's fucking exhausting because you don't know at any moment in time yeah. what level of bullshit you're getting into. <laughs> it could be awesome and it could be like, well, not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what it is. That's the nature of how it works i guess so well man uh best of luck on everything in the future i appreciate you coming down i know you gotta you gotta head out you gotta show uh yeah final one final one of the uh of the weekends any plans on coming back to san antonio anything set up for san antonio oh no this city awful fuck this place (laughs) i'm I'm glad you ended with that you know it would (laughs) be a little bit weird if we started with that no man but uh Um, cool man so uh, no i definitely i just i want to clear up that no (laughs) no no not fuck this place i do love this place you already said it it's fine i had a chili mango slurpee here I'm coming back for that alone. I've never even had that. Yeah. Oh, no, did back. you work at, uh, I mean, did you do a set at the Blind Tiger? I did the midnight show there after our River Center shows, and those were fun. Yeah, you so liked that place? That place was fun. The host was, I don't know, whoever was hosting, there was like a, somebody that's not even, I guess, are leaving here or something. It's really bad. But yeah. I love that place, man. It was nobody that I knew, so it's not like I'm shitting on anybody that I knew. Yeah. It was just bad housing for somebody i never met it's an interesting place man i've been there a couple of times it's fun as fuck um the setup the, the setup is just kind of weird to me i guess like it's it's downstairs it looks like it's in like a like a sex dungeon type of thing yeah it's very dark and i love those rooms i, I, I love rooms that are super intimate and super yeah. small and you can see everyone's faces and you can hear like a pin drop yeah because it's it's, a, it's just a great room and then with the, with the carpet like everything is just like the sound is so deadening so even if you yeah, yeah, even yeah. if people have a good set like right, right. the light the laughter it just stops like suddenly you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah so yeah. i don't know if that affects y'all up there you know because it may, may be a good joke and you get a good response but because everything's carpeted everything's padded yeah yeah the sound just boom just dies i i've only had pretty i mean i've i've had pretty good experiences there um i like it but i do like those types of I think I like those places more than any giant club or big yeah. thing. I mean, unless... More the, control. Well, like, the fun part is, like, a packed... Uh, I think any room that's packed is fun. It doesn't yeah. matter the size. Like, if you 
are doing like a 200 person club yeah ideally you want the club to be all 200 seats and if you're doing like a room like blind tiger where it's like 25 seats ideally you want like even 20 seems like totally packed in there so yeah. that's fun but i do always like us i personally enjoy like a small intimate room more because there's you can fuck around more it's fun yeah you can hear everybody see everybody well that's cool man again thanks a lot for coming on uh how do people yeah. find you on social media um follow me on venmo i'm at bad idea show catch me on uber these are bad <laughs> jokes that i'm making uh i'm on twitter and instagram under my full name facebook i have one of those names that no one's taken that yeah <laughs> no yeah one's no that. problem here they didn't have no to put a one at the end or nothing like foreign, that yeah. foreign ass bullshit name <laughs> Uh, at Zydevji on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. Cool. I'll put all, uh, everything like that uh, up on the sh- uh, dude, show notes and stuff. Thank you so much for having me, man. You're a fucking dope dude, and this was this was super fun. Yeah, man. Time flew. Like I usually, I try to keep it under thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah I know you have a hard out. Uh, you know, I have a show coming up. And yeah, stuff, yeah, but we're at forty one minutes, man. Yeah, we could have gone longer too. But, I know. You know. I can talk to you. I can talk to you about uh, comedy and all that shit. It's been well, fun. Next time you're in town, man, or next time I'm in Houston, Let's I'll do it. hit you up and stuff. Yes, please do, man. Cool, man. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll check you later. Good night.